0: rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And we're covering all the latest news and gossip out of Buckingham Palace and, more importantly, Kensington Palace. Mm -hmm. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group under Royally Obsessed. And if you like what you hear, please review us and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We would really like five stars. That would go a long way for us. Please. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Today, we're talking about the royal honeymoon. Excellent. And then also we're going to do a royal wedding update with whatever their official royal titles are going to be and all the latest information. And then lastly, did William reveal the sex of the royal baby? Dun dun dun! <laughs> Very exciting. Um,
1: and but first, of course, today's royal refreshment. And now
0: it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
1: It's the gin and Dubonnet cocktail, which we teased a little bit last week, but we didn't get to because we couldn't find Dubonnet. Now we have, there's a cat on the label, and it's French. Who knew? And it has Gordon's gin from London. Yes, excellent. So a little Frenchy British cocktail for today. So the recipe is as follows. Uh, Add three cubes of ice to the glass. We, of course, don't have cubes. We have sort of crushed something from an office machine but that's close enough. Ah! Uh, great. oh great well God. I like ice it's fine Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then we have a jigger today which is brand new we haven't worked with a jigger before just weird again spoons from the office um, so it's one part gin should I do another shot or just one this is a long show <laughs> two shots okay two shots of gin this is gonna go great <laughs> um, again I've already spilled gin on my notes today's going great um and then two parts Dubonnet okay um, here you go so now we're adding two parts Dubonnet it's a beautiful sort of you know red wine color it's very red very regal and as I'm doing this we should probably discuss this week in royal history and
0: now this week in royal history this week in royal history is probably one of the greatest weeks in royal history (laughs) because it was a week in which there was no news that's cute so on april 18th in 1930 the bbc news announcer had nothing to say so they simply said there is no news on the news bulletin and then piano music played for 15 minutes (laughs) and that's pretty much my dream because now i feel like my phone is just constantly buzzing with awful news alerts i can't escape it ever even like if i go away for a weekend i'm just like mm-hmm. bombarded with information about what's happening in the white house and what's not happening in the white house and what may has happened at there. 8 a.m and who knows yeah so just 15 minutes of piano no news that sounds truly amazing it's also so british we've got nothing to
1: talk about so let's just all listen to music and be peaceful and happy it's so classy super classy. And let's cheers to that. Yes. Cheers to classy Brits. I'm terrified to drink this. <laughs> okay. Again, doesn't look good, but. Oh, that is so strong.
0: Woo. That is really strong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woof. Oh man. Dubonnet must be, let's see. What, what proof are we working with here? 19%. So like, it's just heavy wine.
0: Yeah, like fancy stuff that my grandma might like, but I don't like because I exclusively drink 799 Chateau Diana that I get <laughs> at the bodega. I think it's,
1: yeah, it's kind of like port almost. It's port plus
0: gin and ice with a lemon slice. It's really strong. It is super strong. And you know what it reminds me of? Hmm. The strong love of Harry and Meghan Markle. That was a beautiful transition, Lisa. Thank I'm really you proud so of much. You. <laughs> <laughs> Let's chat about where they're going on their honeymoon. So I love love this reveal um so there was
1: some rumors that it would be this place the source has revealed the travel and leisure that harry and megan are going to namibia mm-hmm. isn't that lovely
0: it's so lovely it's where i believe shiloh jolie pitt was born
1: yes yes the travel and leisure makes <laughs> the article makes a great point that uh Brad and Angelina, RIP, they also honeymooned in Namibia. And so part of the reason why they chose Namibia and why um, our friends Harkle have chosen it is that it's super remote and it's one of the least densely populated countries in the whole world. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. There's just dunes and luxury camps, which is realistically where they will be spending their time.
0: And so people like us, Mm -hmm. who somehow make it over there, wouldn't be able to find them, which is incredibly rude. It is super rude. Like I'm offended, but I'm still available to attend. And also Namibia is a commonwealth country. So
1: of course. (laughs) Of course on brand. They can't not go there. It's very respectful for them to do
0: that. I think it's just so nice because their relationship has been such a public spectacle lately. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they get to actually have some time alone to remind us well, I guess it's for themselves, but it reminds us <laughs> that they are a real couple and they just want to be left alone sometimes. And just sit on a beach, or in this case, a dune. Um, the problem with this
1: news, of course, is that it sounds great for them. happy for them. I'm happy for the country of Namibia, which might see a little tourism boost because of this choice. Oh, yes. But we're never going to see any pictures of this uh, honeymoon. So, you know, ultimately, what can I do with this
0: information? The only pictures we can really look back upon are the ones that were not supposed to be taken in Jamaica when Harry brought Megan as his date to his close friend's wedding in Jamaica when they were still dating. Mm-hmm. And they got quite upset because uh, the press had pretty much agreed not to bug them. Mm-hmm. But pictures were taken at the reception and pictures were also taking, taken of them in uh, the ocean together. I don't remember those. Well, I have some googling to do. You need to google some it. I, mean, I of course do not condone paparazzi, you know, paparazzi stuff like that. But I love these pictures. I love them. I love them. I love them. <laughs> She's wearing like a white fedora, which I also saw on her former Instagram account, RIP. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just like hanging out and they, they're so beautiful and of they course. just seem so normal in a very attractive way. And so I do not like these pictures but I love them. <laughs> we do not support people creeping on the royals except when
1: it's lovely. Um yes, I remember them attending the wedding in Jamaica because they just look I mean, they do actually look normal. Mm -hmm. You know, they're sort of sweaty because it's Jamaica. And they're just like hanging out at a table kind of bored at a wedding, you know? And she has her arm around him. Yeah, just very chill. And like what a normal couple would do when they're at their friend's wedding, getting drunk
0: and dancing and jumping into the ocean. So great. So speaking of weddings, let's just go right into the Royal Wedding Update, please. And now, a Royal Wedding Update. They always give us so much every week <laughs> to discuss. I know. What, we're, what are we going to do? Or like, how are you going to live once this wedding is done? Let's not talk about it. But at yeah. least then we'll have stuff to analyze, you know? That's true. The dresses, what have you. So first, let's talk about what their titles are going to be after mm. the wedding. Because when Kate and William married, they became the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Before that, he was Prince William of Wales because he's the son of Prince Charles of Wales. So, um... Her choice, basically, I'm sorry, Kate Middleton's choice, basically, was that um, she could either marry him and he can stay, I mean, he is still a prince, but he could stay Prince William and she could be Princess Williams, sorry, Princess William of Wales. It's hard to say because it makes no sense to us. Yeah, Princess William of Wales. And she chose not to do that. And I assume it's because it's a very archaic tradition. Mm-hmm. And I hope she's a feminist. I assume, right. I assume like all great people are but um princess michael of kent who is a very um we should say controversial is she the racist she's the racist (laughs) one so it's very controversial in a racist way Um, she (laughs) is a lot older she must be in like her 70s or something Mm -hmm. but when she married prince michael of kent she took his name so that's an example of what megan could have done she could have decided to become princess harry of wales Mm -hmm. but instead it looks like they're gonna get a duke and duchess Dom. yes and so they're going to likely be the duke and duchess of sussex it sounds nice it It sounds very british like of all the british names
1: yeah and another option could have been the duke and duchess of windsor and if that sounds familiar and you're wondering, why wouldn't they want to do that? That sounds like a perfectly legitimate title. It's because it was Edward VIII's title when he abdicated to marry Wallace Simpson.
0: Mm. And also, that's Harry's last name now. Yeah. It's like Windsor Mountbatten. Yes. And wouldn't that be weird if he's Harry Windsor of Windsor? Right? I
1: mean, listen, yeah. I my name is Caitlin Menza. If I were Princess Caitlin of Menza, I wouldn't hate it, honestly. <laughs> Like, I, I'm kind of into that. So I would allow it. But yes, they're likely title. And of course, the British experts always know this stuff. They, We are royal experts, but they are royal experts on a whole other level because they understand the history going back hundreds of years. So realistically, they're predicting that the two of them will be the Duke and Duchess of Sussex.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Which I like. Sure. Yeah. Take it go for it Mm -hmm. I'd take it like I'm down that's great I would be okay with it good for you guys well Megan was actually just spotted in America last week Mm -hmm. she was in Chicago Um, there's a picture that we believe is of her it's just of the back of a woman's head it looks like it could be Megan Markle's head and she's wearing a Chicago black socks hat and black socks that can't be right sorry white socks (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's a black hat with a white (laughs) socks how can anyone keep that straight there's too many colors Two of them. (laughs) Listen, we don't do sports. We do royal (laughs) gossip. There's a reason.
1: Uh, I actually couldn't. I wasn't sure if it was a Cubs hat or a White Sox hat.
0: I can tell you it's not a Black Sox hat. (laughs) I only know it's a White Sox hat because I had to write about it. Yeah. For thecut.com. You should check it out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anyway, so she was spotted in the airport. And basically, she was just in Chicago for a long weekend. Uh, I don't know where she was staying, but she attended Northwestern University in Mm -hmm evanston which is right outside of chicago so i assume she has friends there or maybe she was just chilling but it's really refreshing to know that she has to do the same sort of thing that the rest of us have to do if we are to marry a foreign or a british citizen Mm -hmm. which is that we have to go through immigration stuff so in order for her to live in england she needs to get a visa and then that visa can turn into a permanent residency and then that can in turn turn into like a british citizen citizenship I've had to go through immigration stuff, uh, moving from Canada, and I'm just like, wow, Meghan Markle and I are exactly the same. (laughs) Once again, we are so, so similar. Yeah, complete Um, twins. It's very charming.
1: Um, it also got me thinking about what my incognito outfit would be. It would not be a white socks hat either. Would but it be a black socks hat? It would maybe be a black <laughs> socks hat. No, that would only draw attention to me because people would be like, what the hell is that she's wearing? <laughs> um, but I, I like the idea of her just like in an airport in yoga pants wearing a baseball cap. Like we all see through that.
0: I'd wear a wig, I think. Another little royal wedding tidbit that we got this week was that – It turns out that Megan's going to have two dresses for her wedding. So not not only are we going to be blessed with the image of her in an iconic, gorgeous dress that I assume she'll one day be buried in or something like that, (laughs) but she'll also have another dress for the reception. And that's not that unique because Kate Middleton did the same thing She wore that stunning Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen dress for the actual ceremony. We saw her going through the streets of London with her dad and then through the chapel and all that stuff. But then later in the night, there were some pictures of her going to the private reception. And we've never seen images of the private reception, but we just saw them walking uh, out of, I think, Clarence House Mm -hmm. with... um, Charles and Camilla and she was wearing a different Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen dress. It was a little more subtle. Yeah, simpler like kind of shiny honestly like yeah. satin sort of. Yeah, with very a... satiny. It's not what I would have thought for Kate Middleton no. at all and it had um, like a belt of yeah. s- like rhinestones, not rhinestones but like probably <laughs> diamonds. Probably, yeah, probably like solid diamonds. <laughs> right, around <laughs> her belly button. Yeah and then also um, she wore like a a shrug. 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 Yeah, like a shrug. fuzzy shrug. A it's, fuzzy one. Yes, that's it. It was very fuzzy. It's, it was it's,
1: incredibly fuzzy. It's quite a look. If you're listening, please go Google uh, because it's, it's a very interesting look and it was so different from her you know sort of official wedding dress mm-hmm. so hopefully for Megan we'll get yeah the more maybe church appropriate the, the way any one of
0: us would do honestly yeah it's um, very common to do this I think
1: yeah a sort of more formal wedding dress for the church and you know formal luncheon with your family and then just your pals after party mm-hmm. put on a fuzzy shrug I mean again just <laughs> maybe don't but uh, that's what Kate Middleton did so if she did it you know what yeah. do I
0: know and so at the moment People are thinking that maybe the dress designer is going to be Christopher Bailey for Burberry. He is exiting the brand, which is an iconic British brand, um, towards the end of the year. So it would be like a great hurrah for Burberry. Right. Um, But other brands are saying is uh, Ralph and Russo, which did her big engagement shoot down. There was also talk, of course, of Stella McCartney
1: or Victoria Beckham.
0: But Victoria Beckham said last week that she's not designing the dress. Yeah, she was on James Corden's show, the late night one, mm-hmm. and he just like asked her straight out and she's like, "I don't know if you've heard anything, but it's not me. I'm not designing it." Although we do know that they're friends because sources close to Victoria Beckham leaked that they were friends yes and that doesn't mean just because she's not designing the dress doesn't mean that she's not
1: performing as one of five spice girls at the reception so victoria beckham's fingerprints will be on this wedding and that's fine by me um i would have it would have been cool to have her design the wedding dress too but as long as it's not Stella mccartney tbh i'm not a not a huge fan really yeah i just think she it's like very extreme and bizarre red carpet looks, not super wearable, kind of mm. suits and like modern things like that. I just don't really see it for Megan. I don't see it for a big formal church wedding. Honestly. I like Stella, but... I like the pedigree in terms of, again, obviously she has to choose a British designer. Yeah. Stella McCartney is really cool.
0: It would be cool though if like rock royalty, as she's obviously the daughter of Paul McCartney from the Beatles, if rock royalty dressed... Real royalty. Yeah. That would be a cool intersection. Yeah, I would so be into that. Maybe one of the Jagger girls <laughs> like, <laughs> designed something for her instead. They're all modeling. I'm sure they design on the side. I'm sure, the they, side, do. I'm sure they do. But let's chat about what happened between Meghan and the Queen during her tea. That official tea. We're just like learning more about it. And I'm so excited about the it. The scariest. I mean, again, meeting your potential
1: in-laws, meeting your boyfriend's family is always stressful. When it's the Queen of England who oversees 53 countries, it's a whole other kind of thing. Uh, so Andrew Morton, as we and thank you for, thank God for Andrew Morton, who wrote uh, the our best friend, our best friend oh. after Meghan Markle. Um, <laughs> Second
0: best friend. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's a part of our clique. He wrote the biography of Meghan Markle that just came out this month. And as in one of the chapters, he describes the scene of her meeting the queen. So I really wanted to just like read a small portion of this that Andrew Morton wrote because it amuses me so much. So this is an excerpt from Andrew Morton's book, Meghan, a Hollywood princess. It was the most important audition of her life. No rehearsal, no script, no second takes. Uh, coming on a little strong, Andrew. Again, he has a lot of good facts, so I'm very grateful for him. But my
0: God in heaven. Um, I think you're doing a really great job performing this. <laughs> and maybe you need to replace Megan in suits instead of Katherine Heigl. Uh, well, that's that's clear. Um, but
1: yes, he he makes it very dramatic. And to be fair, it sounds very dramatic. And what is helpful also about this scene that he paints is that getting tea with the Queen of England, as one might imagine, is... A very important experience. It's not just a stereotype. It is very important to British culture and very important with the royal family to have tea, to break bread with the queen for a moment in the, the afternoon. Um, he notes that this is has historical remnants because she would get gossip from her servants that way, or she would get information from her servants that way and gossip from her ladies-in-waiting that way. I love it. Yeah. So it's a, very, it's a special occasion. And he also notes that This was how Princess Diana, this was where and when Princess Diana would address her concerns about her philandering husband with the queen.
0: Imagine telling your husband's mother, so your Mm mother-in-law, that you know he's cheating on you and, like, asking for help. And Andrew Morton said the queen wasn't that sympathetic.
1: No, she was like, this is gross. Emotions are distasteful. Please leave my quarters. (laughs) So... Once again, so (laughs) sad for Princess Diana, Um, but it was within that setting that Meghan Markle first met with her. Uh, He notes that Prince Harry was there, but I don't know if he just
0: walked her in or he sat with her the entire time. I assume that he just walked her in because it sounds like Meghan had um, a private tea, but... Harry was with Meghan in the car and, like, did escort her mm-hmm. into Buckingham Palace. So I assume you just kind of sat outside waiting patiently, hoping that the Queen approves of his marriage. Right. Or, I guess, girlfriend at the time. but Yeah, but, I mean, knowing that it was leading somewhere. Yes.
1: And that, that's, that's what this meeting was truly about. Um, I don't know how you play that, though. It's, like, the biggest job interview of all time. Like, you want to, you know, I, I imagine, again, that Harry prepared her with, like, don't burp um, and don't drop crumbs in your lap or something or bigger things like bring up the corgis in moments of weakness. Like if you think things aren't going well bring up the corgis ask about her great grandchildren like mention George being feisty just you know easy sort of marks to cheer up the queen.
0: Well as our second best friend said it was the most important audition of her life. (laughs) So I assume she prepared like it was an audition she probably had talking points she went over but In the BBC interview that Harry and Meghan gave right after getting engaged, they talked about the corgis. And and he made, actually, let me find this quote because this is a very sweet little thing that he said. He said, I've spent the last 33 years being barked at. This one walks in, absolutely nothing. And then Meghan said, very sweet. So basically, the corgis, I've been barking at Harry his whole life because they know he's a little rascal, but then in walks Megan and they're just laying at her feet They just love her and that apparently was like the ultimate test
1: Yes, and so in my test for almost all humans is whether or not my dog or just dogs like them or whether they like dogs If you don't like you know if dogs don't like you it means you're evil evil and dead inside and if you don't like dogs it also means you're evil and dead inside. I don't know what to do with you. So,
0: Although I have found that there are some people who just were raised with cats and they don't know that dogs are better. And so you just have to slowly <laughs> condition them into learning.
1: I have to tell you, when you first said, I've spent the last 33 years being barked at, um I truly forgot you were talking about corgis and thought you meant that when Harry walks in front of his grandmother <laughs> she just screams at him as soon as he walks in the door which I'm sure that was actually a portion of their relationship where she was like really again Vegas
0: Sh- like your like, inappropriate costumes that are extremely offensive that I don't want to bring up right now
1: right like can Google it. Get it together. <laughs> so I'm sure there was a fair amount of polite British barking from Queen Elizabeth at him. But uh, yes, and actually to close out that concept, I want to quote Andrew Morton's once again, the end of that scene. With a flurry of barks and a final curtsy, Harry and Meghan bade their farewells, swiftly leaving the palace before the royal gossip factory was able to get into gear.
0: Royal Gossip Factory.
1: Here we are. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. Can we rename our podcast, please? The Royal Gossip Factory. (laughs) And also, again, that's not, it's not gossip. It is advice to the queen. Yes, completely. If her employees were listening to their meeting, it wasn't to be gossipy. It was so that they could advise her on whether or not Meghan Markle seemed to suck or not. Obviously, she does not suck. She's great. Yes, completely. You know. But they need to provide that information.
0: I also feel like we've been getting a little more insight into Harry and William's relationship with the Queen. Another thing that we found out is Prince William's childhood name for Queen Elizabeth, which is too cute. So people love... I, I think it's because it's it makes them
1: humans like we love hearing that for example prince george and charlotte call their great grandmother gan gan because oh, it's, so cute. it's so adorable it's just so charming to me and it's and so this week uh it was revealed what william called uh queen elizabeth when he was younger and it was sort of a mistake.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't able to say granny yet, so one day he had a fall in Buckingham Palace and he was heard crying out for Gary, Gary, (laughs) and people were like, who's Gary, who's Gary? And then the queen came running in and she's like, I'm Gary. Because he can't say granny. That's the cutest thing. It is so cute. This week people were wondering if William accidentally revealed the sex of the baby because he again, as we've covered before, made a passing comment that everyone is analyzing, which is what we do when the Royals say anything. Like when Caitlin and I were sitting here saying, hi, hello, hi, hello, trying to figure out how (laughs) Kate Middleton said hi, hello to a woman in a grocery store. Like that is what we do with the Royals. That's what it is. So William was at a soccer game or I should say a football match. Mm. And he made a comment about the guy who got the winning goal. His first name is Jack. And William said, Oh, we're going to, we should name the baby Jack. And then he quickly realized what he said. And then there's like an ellipsis or Jackie or Jackie or Jackie. Whoops. I just want to know how long the pause was. Like, was it like, oh, we should name the na- the baby Jack. Ha 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 ha. Oh, right. or
1: Jackie or Jackie. You know? I mean, given how the Royals are so breathlessly reported on, including by us, um, they should have timed it like the report it was up to the reporter to tell us how long he paused for Mm -hmm. how did his cheeks turn pink like i need to know how embarrassed he was by this slip up tell me everything that said and as exciting as it is whenever we get these sort of hints i don't buy it i don't think it was a hint i think he was just saying oh we're gonna name the baby that like yeah I just don't buy it. A couple of reasons. I, as it's been previously reported, that they genuinely don't know the gender, which I believe, because I, for a bunch of reasons, I think that they would have slip ups as human beings. And I think that uh, they haven't in the past known what the genders were. And I think it would leak too easily. Mm -hmm. you know because the yes the royal gynecologist is on many an nda i believe (laughs) but the paperwork filed by some medical assistant or something i just feel like once you it's hard not to slip up with that information once you know the gender it's hard not to say he or she and they're so good about that kind of stuff
0: and also i don't know if this would be one of their considerations but so few things in their life um are surprises yes i agree you know like everything they have to share with the public. So this could be one thing that's just for them, and then they could be surprised by the birth.
1: I mean, William and Kate know the manner in which they will be buried. They know what their children's jobs will be. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is so dictated. I agree. I think it would be really nice to have that one surprise left in the world.
0: But then on top of that, we know that the baby's not going to be named Jack. Like, never, ever, ever. (laughs) Yes. So this is obvious to us,
1: but it might not be to you guys listening, but Jack would never be a royal name. I mean, first of all, Prince Jack, you just you just don't do it. Um, they have names that they have to follow, and William mm-hmm. and Kate are very by the book about this kind of thing. You know, there are bookies who make bets about what the royal baby names will be, and so they haven't strayed from that really at all. I mm-hmm. mean, adding Diana as the fourth name of Charlotte was like the closest they got to being different. Mm-hmm. Everything else all you know five names each of the two royal babies have been exactly what people predicted they would be
0: i think when george was born i don't know if everyone knew for sure that george was going to be his first name but they knew it was going to be one of his names and it ended up being his first name and then for charlotte everybody expected that her name was going to be charlotte yes. like i think people said maybe it's going to be alice or another name but basically it was charlotte like yes. everybody knew so when they announced the name it wasn't even surprising
1: yes and those names aren't it's not because they're common. They are very common names. But the reason why the bookies make the choices that they do is because they're royal, they're British royal names, you know. They recycle them. They recycle them. So it was George because it was time for a George. It mm-hmm. was Charlotte because there have been, you know, queens and princesses with that name. It's not decided by them you know that's why we're never going to have a third baby that's named stormy or <laughs> true, true. <laughs> or chicago or north or saint basically no, no kardashians no no kardashian household. names no verbs nouns or adjectives you know no Bradens or jaden's it's just not going to happen or ashland's N- yeah none of that like we're not you're not going to hear that from those two Um, We're probably not going to hear it from Harry and Meghan either when the time comes, but Mm -hmm. especially from William and Kate. They are very buttoned up about this kind of thing. So realistically, he will be Arthur.
0: Yes, just like we talked about a few Mm -hmm. episodes ago. Yes. Baby Artie. We've already decided we're into that. (laughs) Artie of Cambridge. Or if it's it's a girl, it's likely going to be Mary, Victoria, or Alice. Yes, all beautiful names. Yes. I mean, maybe... If they went wildly rogue, we
1: could actually get a baby Diana. But they've already used it for Charlotte's middle name, so I don't think that's going to happen. I
0: also think that would be a little bit mean to the baby because the baby would not be able to escape Diana's shadow at all. Like, it'd be an honor to be named after her. But if you're going to be raised in the spotlight to such a degree and everyone's just talking about this, your dead grandmother who is – Basically, like a saint. Yes, I mean, she had her flaws, of course, but she did some incredible work. Yes. then you're never really going to be able to live beyond that. No, you know?
1: and of course, her the baby's the you know the royal baby's name or title will be prince or princess. So she this baby would be Princess Diana. Yeah, that's a lot. So a lot to carry, um, and I don't know that William would want to be saying that every day potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean who knows we'll find
0: out in a couple of weeks and then an update to the drinks that we've been drinking we've not drunk most much of it (laughs) we've not had that much at all but i will say that it is less strong now that the seltzer was involved and the ice has melted Mm. so i would say make this at home if maybe you're serving a very old person who tends to drink sherry or brandy yeah it is sort of in that
1: in that vein of like syrupy sweet but kind of bitter I think it's too much gin honestly
0: um yeah maybe like use proper measurements <laughs> first of all don't insult my cocktail making techniques I followed the recipe
1: exactly I just think that one part gin to two parts what's essentially wine is gross yeah the gin is really overwhelming the Dubonnet
0: I definitely prefer the Pims. I prefer the Pims. shocking it's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So now for our Royal Highs and Lows, I'm going to say that my Royal High is that Meghan Markle went to the visa office yes. to get her visa process because that is the most normal thing I have ever seen her do. Yes. My high is, of
1: course, that Prince William calls the Queen of England, Gary. <laughs> Gary called her for one brief window in like 1985 I'm really thrilled with that story and
0: then my low I guess my low has got to be thinking about Diana talking about Camilla to the queen over tea yeah just that's like a very sad bummer of an image yeah like I don't want to think about that yeah that's 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 a low that's an extreme yikes to me Um, my,
1: (laughs) my low is that (laughs) they named Namibia as their honeymoon location and it means nothing because I'm never going to see any pictures from it. If they could just send like a postcard, care of really obsessed or release a photo, more more realistically, release one singular photo from the honeymoon, I would really appreciate it.
0: Although Kate and William didn't do that in the Seychelles
1: for their wedding. they really didn't. So I don't, my, my hopes are low, which makes it even more of a low for me this
0: week. It's incredibly sad, boo. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. And we are on Apple Podcasts, so please rate us and review us and we'd really ideally like five stars. That would be quite (laughs) nice. You can follow me on Twitter at Lisa Raya. It's like Lisa Ryan, but with no N. And read my writing at The Cut. And um, for me, Caitlin, you can follow me on Twitter
1: and Instagram at heykmenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, and see more of my writing at caitlinmenza.com. Till next week, God save the pod.
0: Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.